guys, welcome back to Forgotten Heroes. I am joined by my wonderful co-host and everything comics knowledge. Zach, how you doing, my friend? Doing good. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little angry. I'm feeling feeling a little hot. I, I kind of feel like a devil. I'll be honest with you. Oh my and God. it Chris. very much sort of links up with our character today, because we are talking about the one, the only Daredevil. And I, I want to, Chris. I would have given you the connection. I would have let that shoehorn go completely uninterrupted <laughs> if you had mentioned anything about being religious or a lawyer. You did neither one of them. <laughs> it's true. I did do neither one of them. Well, hey, I just want to keep it original, all right? And I do want to preface this episode. I would have also went with if you if you couldn't see. I can't <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start over. No, uh, I'm no, just kidding. Don't you do but, it. <laughs> no, the whole thing, this episode has been, Daredevil has been, I think we've talked about him a couple times before this episode because you, we've spoken about him because you were reading collection right yeah no it, it came up it came up with the man without without fear and i was just like fuck like why haven't we done a daredevil episode and i like looked into the research just a little bit and i didn't have a lot of time and i saw like a bunch of the same and so i finally took a little bit more time this past week and i sat down and i went through every single version of his character and found some gems surprisingly you know there's a couple that are like some there's there's like one that you can make the connection if you know anything about devil's en- uh daredevil's enemies but there there's a couple that are just like what just, just like it, they're not like crazy weird or anything like that but it's just like they're they're each unique in their own way and i mean that's the reason we do this whole thing but you're not going to see like crazy powers or anything other than one character that I'm thinking of. But you're mostly going to see a change in Matt Murdock when we're talking about these characters. That's kind of like the big thing that comes with the differences with Daredevil's like alternate forms is that his personality is usually the biggest thing that changes. Oh, he's um, a completely different person entirely. Yeah, exactly. Once again, so it, it just totally changes. His origin story usually stays the same depending on which universe we're talking Ish. about. Ish. Yeah. You know, dead parents, dead parents, all that good stuff. But like, yeah, he's the personality changes the most. And I thought that was kind of interesting because normally we see like a functional change of a character when we're discussing alternate forms of characters within the multiverse. And with Matt, it was like, you know, he's got the billy clubs, he's got the red suit, he's got the horns, he's got the tragic backstory pretty consistently throughout most of his alternate forms here. But his personality seems to be the biggest thing that changes. So it, it it's kind of exciting. And I'm, I'm really pumped to talk about it. But before we do that, I want to talk about, once again, we are diving a little bit more into the multiverse in this episode. We have a few really cool and exciting characters for you, as I mentioned. Just remember, multiverse, we're going to be talking about multiple Earths, right? And from that, I think I'm going to segue into our long-awaited segment of what we're reading. So, Zach, what have you been placing your seeing eyes upon the panels of comic books lately yeah well <laughs> i know that i was gonna say that's like a watcher joke but i understood what you were my seeing yeah. eyes you're good <laughs> opposite of daredevil once again uh, uh sponsored by uatu the watcher uh make sure to check out his facebook and instagram really really great guy never oh really God. talks with you much but great guy super awesome sponsor um yeah so go ahead <laughs> awful sponsor no i've been reading i've been listening to a lot of audiobooks that doesn't stop me from reading comic books or anything in general but right. i actually recently got this comic book called radiant black and i have it and again i'm trying a new way of me reading it instead of just reading it one like skimming it looking at the pictures in a way figuring out what's going on and then reading the words later I'm trying to read the words first mm-hmm. um Oh, and I don't want to spoil anything. Mini black holes to just spawn spontaneously are giving it gives somebody. I think it's just one gives somebody superpowers and a costume. Cool. How that works, I, I'll find out. But that makes no sense to me. Like, listen, comic books, you, you know, you know, suspend your disbelief. But the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like cosmic radiation. I would have been like, okay. Mm-hmm. A black hole that's supposed to engulf anything makes that I, I don't I don't get it. But I'll find out. And I actually got another volume in the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess manga. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I mean if they ever really remake the game on the Switch, I might play it. Oh please, Twilight Princess the only, is so good. Yeah, my only issue is, and I and, and I know I've been spoiled by Breath of the Wild, just how being how open it is, but. I think from what I know, people have told me about Twilight Princess, it's less demanding 
of you. It's not. It's less of you have to do this, then go do that, then come back here, then do this, then do that, and da da da. You know, mm-hmm. it's less. It's less of that. So I might give that a shot if it ever shows up on the Switch. And I mean, the Pokemon manga is is. I mean, it's big. It's the freaking collector's edition. So that's again, I'm reading them, not skimming it, trying to read the words. It's it's taking my time. It's taking time, and yeah. I think I'm getting the most out of it. Which we are a month, almost a month away from black and uh, black and white. Uh, sorry, not black and white. We're forever from that. Uh, Diamond and Pearl remix. Oh yeah, which I'm very excited for. And what else? I think that's basically it. Also, actually, I know I think I spoke about it before, but I also had I also got two books: The League of Regrettable Superheroes and The Legion of Regrettable Supervillains. There are some weird, weird comic book characters that have that existed over the decades that I'm um, thank God don't exist anymore. I'll yeah. be honest, one of them, Captain Tootsie. Right? First off, yes, he's a character made by the Tootsie Rolls, and that's <sighs> that's how he gets his superpowers. Oh no. <laughs> so obviously you can tell how great that went because he doesn't exist anymore oh, my head hurts from the amount of like quips that i just came up with with that that's just like oh yeah that's that's a whole different that's a whole different animal right there that's insane they're, they're pretty bad some of these guys are pretty bad i mean yeah some of the ones that you've shared with me i'm just like what the fuck oh yeah wow. some of them have not aged well yeah, the fact that they, or yeah, at all. I mean, not only, yeah, just like in being problematic, but also just like the fact I'm like, how did this make it past the drawing board? Because it's not even a functional character. Like yeah, different, know, different times, you know, very different times, very different times. Yeah. Chris, what have you been reading? Well, I stumbled upon a Black Panther comic that I am loving. Black Panther so, and the Man Without Fear? Black Panther and the Man Without Fear. Yeah. Uh, No, uh, it's <laughs> Black Panther, black and white from Priest and George Lucas, which is kind George of George Lucas. Weird, George Lucas. Yeah. So not George Lucas. I don't think it's George Lucas as far as like Star Wars goes. Okay. <laughs> That's immediately um, where my brain went. I went, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah. But it's, it's some dude named George Lucas who is the storyteller and just sort of like oh. wrote the whole thing. It could be him. I don't know. I honestly haven't looked into it. I saw the name and I was just like, kind of like, huh. Okay, I gotta go do other shit. But like, yeah, no, it's really cool. It's it talks about a cop called Casper Cole who picks up the mantle of Black Panther after T'Challa has been missing. Oh, I think we spoke about him. Yeah, yeah, we I think we did talk about him. So he's like he's a cop essentially, and he picks up the mantle, and it's weird because he, I mean, obviously he's not Black Panther, so there's a lot of stuff missing. But at the same time, it's it's very it's kind of a political type novel having to do with Black Panther and like gangs and like jurisdiction and stuff like that and suspensions and crooked cops and all that. And it's just wonderful. If you like Punisher comics, check this one out because I, I got serious Punisher vibes from it. You know, he's, he's not quite as brutal as the Punisher. He ends up like using rubber bullets in most of his encounters, but it's it's well, still very good. cool. So, yeah, Black Panther, black and white. I got the first three volumes. Um, I'm through two of them right now, and they're really, really good. And I've also I got a free comic book from my friend Zach when I visited him recently, and I am reading Enter the House of Slaughter, which comes from the world of something is killing the children, which I am looking for. So I think that's going to be a, a weekend trip for me here because I um, mean, pretty sure it's on Amazon because what is it on Amazon at this point? Yeah, exactly. But once again, I'm all about the physical copies. The more physical copies I can have, the better just because uh, I mean, you can buy it physically through Amazon and then it gets shipped. But I also understand and right. I try to do this as best I can support local comic book shops. Yeah. What I typically do, and I don't know if you do this, Chris, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll go to like I'll go online to Midtown, right? Midtown Comics. Right. And I will be like, okay, what graphic novels are out that are cool that recently came out that I want? Okay, put them all in my cart. Yeah. And then I don't buy it from them because one, because you need to have like, I don't know, 80 something dollars for free shipping. And that's kind of annoying. Yeah. I don't want to spend all that, all that at once. And two, they're like, in my mind, they're a big company. They Mm -hmm. don't, they don't really need me. You know, yeah. if I don't order from them, they're not going to suffer. Now, a local comic book shop in the town that you, me, and Sarah are hanging out in, they, you know, that's all. That's the only version of that store that I can think of. So I try to go there as best I, as often as I can to find that that stuff. If it's DC related, though, because I, I remember I spoke to him, I don't think they co- they have anything new DC. So that I usually go to. I try to go to another local comic book shop, but if I can't find it, then I go to another chain comic book shop that's to me is smaller 
the Midtown. And then if I still can't find it, Amazon. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I approach it too. Normally, it's a little bit shorter for me. I usually, if I can't find it at the comic book store, I go to Amazon. Not really about big business myself. Love mom and pop, and also I have a comic book store seven minutes down the road for me, so I get. Oh, that work. makes even more sense at that point. Yeah, I yeah. can literally just like bike there, you know, listen to some music, grab some comics, chat it up. You know, it's it, it's a great little time. But yeah, I think I'm gonna see if I can find some physical copies of something is killing the children, because even this Which, brief look into this world, I am very all interested. about it. Yeah, very it's weird because I think it's a new. I feel like it's a new trend with at least indie books where they just basically the the title is the concept of the yeah. comic book. Something's yeah. killing the children. Okay, that's literally the concept. That's like calling the Avengers the fighting a space god i don't know and, and they've For done that heroes yeah that's yeah, like yeah go. group of superheroes like wait group of superheroes. <laughs> like got the plucky okay. patriotic one and the arrogant jarhead billionaire right like yeah you can arrogant you can go jarhead billionaire as many ways as you want with it but i can't yeah, no. i have a better description for tony stark than what you just said sir there you go there you go i just i just watched phase one iron man last night honestly that's something that's happening with me too not only am i sort of like really just steeping myself in comics now i'm going back and like re-watching i'm finding myself re-watching phase one marvel movies i watched thor the other night i watched iron man last night and i'm just like they're just like dripping in nostalgia and it's so great. I can remember every single moment from when I was in the theater and I watched these movies and the universe was just like starting to build and come together. And it's just, it's so exciting to sort of like revisit that and become a kid again. It's really, really yeah. cool. Honestly. But... And then first off this, and I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I kind of am where I have watched the event, the first Avengers movie so much I don't even have to be like looking at it to know what's going on and I could sleep through it. Yeah. yeah. Like, but also, and again, I love all the MCU movies. There's some of them that I just won't watch because I don't need to. Thor yeah. 2, don't have to watch that. Yeah. The only important thing in there is the Aether. That's it. Yep. Okay, that's not true. The only important thing, and at this point, I'm, we're, it's not spoilers. Like, you, if you haven't watched it, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. The Reality Stone's in there and Frigga dies. That's it. Yeah, that's kind of. I don't. I love that they made Frigga a little bit more badass, honestly. Because like oh, yeah. rewatching Thor last night, like I understand she was fighting frost giants when they break into Odin's chambers, but she got slapped around, and I was like, you know, no. I just kind of looked at it, and I was like, I don't really like that. I understand that this is the first movie, and they have to establish that the frost giants are like scary as fuck. But when she kicked some of those dark elves' ass in Dark World, I was like, hell yeah, Frigga. I remember being so oh, yeah. pumped watching that. And then, that and then you read the comics and you see the War of the Realms and she just destroys motherfuckers. Oh my god, yeah, because it's Frigga, you know? That's the other thing. I've also just sort of been, like, reading up on Norse mythology and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's – the whole thing is very, very interesting. But not to go on a crazy bird walk. Let's come back from Asgard and bring it back to Midgard. Oh, oh, lovely little transition there. And so. let's go from Midgard and bring it to – New York City, and then go even smaller and just one section of Manhattan, and we're going to go back to the protector of Hell's Kitchen. There we go. He brought if you us don't know who Daredevil back. is, yeah. If you don't know who Daredevil is, I don't know how you don't. <laughs> Especially with <laughs> the Netflix point, show. Like, if Netflix, you haven't... There was a Netflix show. Oh, my God. Charlie He's... Cox. Oh, such if a good If they don't put him back in the MCU, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, for real. I mean, there's tons of talk about him potentially showing up as Matt Murdock in the new Spider-Man trailer. We talked about that in our trailer breakdown. We I would did, love to and see I that. Think yeah, and then obviously, you know, him and Andrew Garfield are like, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, like, we'll know when okay. we see – all right, sure. Nobody's going to – listen, No, I don't believe any leaks, and I don't believe people denying the leaks. Right. I'll see it when I see it, and right. I also I'm still hold – I still hold to my belief. I do not give me another trailer for this movie. Oh, yeah. Please. I don't want to see anything else new. I, if you want to make more trailers, have it be the shit we've already seen. Don't put any new uh, scenes in these trailers. Yeah, I feel like if anything, if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna keep pissing the fans off about this movie, if you're gonna release another trailer, Feige, I'm talking to you. If you're gonna release another trailer, just release a trailer that tells us nothing. Give exactly. us nothing. Leave it, it for I the theater. I don't want anything. Literally, exactly. they they did that with they did that with Endgame. They've done yep. that with Infinity. We've done it with a lot of movies. Oh, yeah. But Daredevil, blind <sighs> blind attorney that uh, kicks ass dressed mm -hmm. like a devil from hell. First off, when people go, oh, yeah, Daredevil doesn't have, have does not have any superpowers. Bullshit, he does. Yep. 
outlier. Because if the ninja, if the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles taught me anything, that ooze was fucked up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: well Yes, technically, kind of, sort of the same origin. That was the yeah. joke for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So the joke is like early, the early Turtles and early Daredevil was literally the exact same. Was at yeah. the exact same time. Yeah, yeah. They did but the same origin. he, yeah, he has. You know, it's like okay, you're blind. Yes, your other senses will heighten to compensate. This man's other senses have heightened to superhuman levels. He can hear your heartbeat. He knows when you're lying. He can taste different ingredients and things. He can, first off, he can't, while well, people are like, yeah, he can see basically with echolocation. Yes, but he also gives off a small amount of radiation that bounces back to him and gives him a picture of the world around him. That's why in the, the Netflix show, the infamous lion, and he sees a world on fire. That's the radiation bouncing off of him and coming yeah. back. Yeah, which I love how they did that, by the way. Yeah, he can taste materials in the air. Like he can, you know, if if there's somebody's rocking a gun, like somebody's breaking into his apartment or something like that, they pull out a, he can, a gun he can, or something. He can taste the metal. He knows what model yeah, it is. He knows feel, how many shots it has. Yeah, he can feel like. And then I remember with the Netflix show when he fought his master stick. Stick had basically the same powers as him. He like reached his hand towards the bed, towards the bedroom, and just went ugh. Silk sheets. I'm like, yeah. How the, wait a minute. He didn't yeah. even touch the bed. He just pointed his hand in that direction and just knew the the, the sheets were made out of silk. Like, holy shit. Yeah. It's also so, uh, it's also meant to it, it it stands to be mentioned that as far as martial arts goes, there are a lot of names in the MCU um, when you're talking about martial artists. Daredevil. Shang-Chi, Daredevil. Yeah. You can you Iron can. Fist. You can keep keep going, like. But at the end of the day, Daredevil is very much just simply through the fact that he doesn't have a supernatural aid other than to. When I say supernatural, I mean like Iron Fist, magic, you know, magic, things like that nature. You know, just the, his training is absolutely like the highest it can be, and it just keeps getting better, type thing. I would say, yeah, and even then, I think, and I remember, I will never forget this fact. In when he started, I think in a slight. In Marvel's way of rebooting without rebooting, in his early career, he somebody a guy shot at him with a with a pistol. I think it might have been like a Glock. I don't know why I remember that specifically. He shot at him, and then Daredevil, after it was fired, hit the bullet back to him, and I don't remember if he wounded him or killed him, but yeah, I'm real. Yeah. No, he killed him. He yeah. smacked it back with his cane after it was fired. I went, well, hold on. Yep. What the fuck? Wait, that, yeah. that's some superpowers. It, it's pretty, yeah. It's, 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 you're not gonna be able to have an argument stand against us saying that Daredevil doesn't have superpowers. That's very, yeah. 100%. He is a martial arts expert to the highest level. He's a very interesting character. And so I think without further ado, let's jump in. Let's talk about his first version here, which comes from Earth 65. And if you know anything about Daredevil, whether you've watched the Netflix show, or you've watched Ben Affleck's version, or you've just read the comics. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> we're also not going to talk about season two of Daredevil. That's my own thing. That's a soapbox. There we go. We're done. Um, but Kingpin. So this version of Earth, Matt Murdock takes up the mantle of Kingpin. So it's a pretty similar origin story. It's basically the same origin story. Car crash. He loses his sight. His mom falls into a coma. His father is fixing fights, boxing fights, to make ends meet. Father, once again, knocks out the opponent in a fight he's not supposed to where he goes down. He costs a, a mobster named Silvermane a fortune. So he attacks Jack and Matt. He fatally wounds Jack. And then Matt is saved by Stick, who is later killed by Silvermane's ninjas, who Matt then slaughters, and he is recruited into the hand. So in this version, Stick is killed, which is really significant because well, Stick is sort of like – he, he's not a moral compass, but he's a standing mentor for Matt. He's definitely and not a freaking moral compass. Definitely not a moral compass, but he, he is absolute in his stature of Matt becoming Daredevil. And so he is recruited into the hand instead. And the hand, once again, you've seen season two of Daredevil, you're familiar with it. If you're not, the hand is kind of like a super secret kung fu organization, right? Crazy ancient roots. Marvel loves the, uh, the the smoking man stereotype. They love the secret organizations, whether it's from Shield, whether it's the Ten Rings, whatever it is, right? So that's sort of a, a, a boilerplate way to explain them. So after he gets recruited into hand, he works his way through the ranks very successfully, very quickly, um, just showing his innate ability to fight 
and then he returns to New York and he pursues his law degree. And then he starts working for King, Kingpin. He works his way up Kingpin's ranks to his personal counselor and chief security officer to Kingpin. Kingpin. Okay. Kingpin is a ruthless motherfucker. Like serious, like as far as quote unquote, I'm going to say this simply because he's not a space God, Midgard earth-based villains. Kingpin is one of my favorites just because he's just, he's not bad shit. He's calculated. He's brutal. And he plans, which makes him so scary. So Matt ends up becoming his personal counsel, like I said. But Kingpin is arrested, which is also very sort of familiar for his arc. He gets arrested a lot. But once again, if you know Kingpin, he gets arrested, doesn't really do much. He runs the prisons, right? So Matt picks up what's left of Kingpin's company and tries to recruit Spider-Woman in the process, which is Gwen, Gwen Stacy in this timeline. At first, it doesn't work, right? But Spider-Gwen ends up losing her powers from an ambush by Otomo, and Matt offers her um, her spider isotopes in order to regain her powers, but only if she works for him, right? So the radioactive isotopes, fancy science way of saying that she can get her powers back, but it's temporary. Um, she's required to have them at all times, and it comes with a clause for working with the new Kingpin, a.k.a. Matt Murdock, right? So they work together for a little bit, and there's a notable mission taking place in Madripoor where Matt orders Spider-Woman to go in and capture Harry Osborn to be used in order to restore her powers naturally, since in this timeline, Harry Osborn is the lizard, and a concoction of his lizard blood and the venom parasite should give Spider-Gwen her powers back. Well, she refuses... It's, it's I, Yeah, that's sort of a simplified way of saying it. Well, not even that. I was going to say, Harry Osborn is the lizard after Peter was the lizard, but... He right. has by this point killed. he has died. Yeah, he's killed. Yeah. So once again, you can sort of if you're unfamiliar with this Earth, um, if you've seen Spider Verse, Spider Gwen talks about that sort of origin story. That's basically what we're talking about. So the mantle is passed to Harry Osborne, right? She refuses to hand over Harry, so Matt then orders the Rhino, who's still just the Rhino in this universe, um, to beat up her father, Captain Stacy, to near death, ends up putting him in a coma, and then he releases the corrupted Venom symbiote onto Spider-Gwen. She ends up overcoming the symbiote's bloodlust through music and uses it to nearly kill Matt when she chokes him in response to him stealing her portal device and opening a portal to her father's hospital room in order to kill him. She stops him, he chokes her, or excuse me, she chokes him, and uh, through this sort of struggle, Matt is able to say through being strangled that Captain Stacy's coma is essentially Gwen's fault since she decided to let the police protect her father instead of being there herself. And so that's that's a really good place to stop and explain just how much Matt has changed in this role. So Daredevil is usually, he can be soft-spoken, he can be calculating, he's quick, he knows what he's doing, and he's an expert. This version of Daredevil is all of those things, except he's smug, he's arrogant, and he's brutal. So take all of the good parts about Daredevil and the really awesome but also equally terrifying parts of Kingpin, put them together, and you have Kingpin Matt Murdock. He is just absolutely brutal. But it's important to note, it's hinted at a couple times throughout the series, that this mantle for Matt, it seems like there's some sort of subconscious thing going on where he wants to fail, right? So he picks up the mantle, um, he becomes Kingpin, but at the same time, there's there, there's nods here and there, every other panel or so, where you see Matt and every other issue or so, where he is sort of talking about how much he hates himself. But this is the mantle that he has, so he's going to do the best that he has with it. And that's important to note, because that comes up later. So after he says that to Spider-Gwen, she flees. And then Rhino attempts to blackmail Matt, since he is now on Spider-Woman's shit list, and he wants to be able to lie low, but Matt sets him up by telling Spider-Woman his location, as well as the police, and then he jets off in a portal and lets the conflict ensue, right? Frank Castle eventually comes for Matt, and Matt tries to face him alone, but is interrupted by Venom at this point, aka Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen, who are then also interrupted by Captain America, who is a Wilson in this timeline. We have a black female Captain America. Yes, love representation, right? She ends up punching out Frank Castle, tries to reason with Venom, but the symbiote ends up taking control of Gwen in its rage and breaks Cap's arm and knocks her unconscious, right? And so a conflict between Matt and Venom then starts to happen. And right as Venom is about to kill Matt, Venom and Spider-Gwen both decide otherwise, that they realize that's what he wants, 
once again, coming back to the point that he wants to fail. He wants to die. He wants to be caught, right? That's how corrupted his character is at this point. He is then contacted by the hand after Spider-Gwen spares him. Matt Murdock as Kingpin is contacted by the hand and they are pissed. They are super mad with him because they think that they he is putting the organization, the hand at risk for his exposure with the Spider-Woman conflict. But Matt tells them that he doesn't need him and that he's fine off on his own and he can handle this. They don't believe him and they send assassins to kill him. Doesn't work. After being Honestly, in, I mean, you yeah, tell I the mean, hand you, you tell the hand to fuck off. They're going to be like, now nah, you first you fuck off from life. Yeah, for real. And so they said <laughs> leagues and leagues of assassins after this guy, you know, fuck off for life, very much so. After being impaled through the stomach with a katana, he still ends up killing off the remaining assassins from the first wave. Venom then confronts Matt and realizes that he secretly wants to be stopped. He ends up kind of like admitting it through a way due to his intense self-loathing at what he's become, like I said before. So... Then Spider-Gwen blasts music so loud that it rips Venom from her and completely incapacitates Matt, who's already very, like, horribly wounded. And she portals away and leaves him for his fate after he confesses that he will never surrender, that he will do this until he dies or he is captured by, like, no other choice, right? Which, you know, he's kind of alluding to the fact that the only way this he's going to stop is when he dies. He Like, capture is not an option for him. So I'll just, like, amend that, right? She portals away, leaves him to his fate. And he survives the Black Hand onslaught. It's found out later in a later issue that he survives. He takes out the rest of the Hand after his mortal injury, right? And then is imprisoned by S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's where it ends. That's the last piece we see of Matt Murdock Kingpin. Crazy story arc. Awesome story arc. Honestly, it was a new character for me. I had I wasn't very familiar with this Earth. We talked about this Earth before. It's something I've like sort of been slyly looking into every now and then. Not as much as I would like to because, you know, life and shit happens. But it's very, very interesting. I think this is one of the coolest warped versions of him that isn't sort of like an amalgam in some sense it's it's very it's very scary and it's like the tankiness of deadpool with the calculating aspect of um murdoch or excuse me of um kingpin and it's just yeah it's brutal and it's great and he's scary as fuck yeah no so. it's 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 terrifying to think of because um because it's like it's just literally just daredevil as a supervillain yeah. And I like the fact that it's like I'm so he's so like corrupted as a character that what little portion of who he of who the real of who he would he who he would have become like from Earth six one six it basically wants him to lose. It's his right. It's like his inner righteousness wants him to fail. Yeah. But it's like it's not being annoying about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would argue even though Kingpin's exploits sort of like bring him to a place of ruin the Matt Murdock righteousness still kind of wins and still hangs on throughout all of this, which I think is just a testament to his origin character and just like how, just like how he just keeps getting up, you know, that's yeah. like sort of the big thing. So it, it it's really, really interesting. It's, I mean, it, and that's the thing. It's a combination that it's easy to come up with, but it's done so well that it makes the character that much better. And I feel like a lot of the times there are simple iterations of characters um, that can be kind of obvious to the viewer and the writer and whoever that can be sort of glossed over or done not so well just because they're like, throw these two together. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll come up with a cool arc of it. Um, I'm looking at you, Aquaman and Namor combined. Like, there we go. But like, it, it's a simple combo that works so well because it's written well. And you get an awesome cast of characters on top of it. You get everybody from Punisher to Captain America, right? You get Venom. It's just, it's awesome. I love it. See, and the only thing I could think of that could be worse than, you know, Daredevil as a crime boss would be Daredevil with actual more superpowers and being more devilish. Right. So that's my shoehorn, everybody. Hey. So this next guy is, is, comes from Earth 982, otherwise referred to as the MC2, which is, like a, it was like an early comic line, I want to say like, maybe 90s yeah early i think it was like 90s it was like a universe where the superheroes we know of grew up you know spider-man has a family he's got mayday parker she's spider girl you know the 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 avengers a lot of them move on so they have new avengers american dream i think we spoke about in with our aunt man with the hank with the pym family this is where hope Pym, and junior come from mm -hmm. uh 
big man and Red Queen. This is this Earth, and this guy is Riley Tyne, aka Dark Devil. So sick name. Yeah. First off, we don't even know his real name. We know yeah. he's this. We know he's a child of Ben Riley, aka Peter's clone. So technically speaking, genetically speaking, this is Mayday's brother, but we don't get into that. Yeah. Once again, the Clone Saga. that's what we got you know but as far as the clone saga goes as far as like continuing narrative arcs from it this one's pretty good yeah i would say so he has he has spider powers like his dad like his dad ben fortunately neither ben nor riley's mother is alive also again riley tyne is his alias we don't really know his name and there's a reason for that um, which i'll get into but he actually met his uncle slash genetic i don't know all right listen the clones are they're all clones of peter parker yet they're all different people i don't know what else to tell you genetically speaking they're all the same yep. he meets his uncle kane and he tells him about his heritage when daredevil is mortally wounded in kane's defense kane summons the demon zarathos if you don't know who that is he's the spirit of vengeance that's bonded with ghost the first ghost rider that we know of aka johnny blaze and i say first that we know of because in the comics he's the first one, but chronologically, he's not. We're not going to get into that. The Zarathos instead enters Riley's body since Matt won't survive, but somehow Matt got into it, into Riley's body too. His soul also partly went into him. Again, comic books, I don't know what else to tell you. It seems like, yeah, I think they end up like rationalizing it as just like the amount of dark, like sort of demon magic that's there with Zarathos ends up just like pulling what's left of Matt's soul into right. Riley. I think it was probably Zarathos hopped in the body, went, oh, this body's not doing much, and then he hops out, but as he hopped out, and I'm trying to, like, give you a visualization, it's like, the, as the demon's hopping out of Matt's body, he's holding onto his ankles, like, nah, bitch, I'm coming with you. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I like to visualize it. If that's actually how it happened, I called it. That's a great so, image. Yep. So Matt soul went with Zarathos into Riley's body and actually exercised, you know, some of the demon out of Riley, but not all of it. So he still, so on top of his pre-existing spider powers, he has some demon powers and can call on the, and can call upon the memories and skills of Matt Murdock. So he just got to upgrade without doing jack shit. Oh yeah. A, a major upgrade. <laughs> yeah. He also, like if you look up a picture of him, it's daredevil suit, but if the, but the skin parts kind of, you know, his teeth get a little bit of fangs. The horns, I think, are a little bigger, and he's got, first of all, he's got giant pointy shoulder pads, which, pointless, but hell, it's the 90s. Yeah. And he, even even his speech bubble is kind of, like, demonic looking, with the, the font and the border of it, right? And that this is where he calls himself Riley Tyne. Tyne is presumably the, the maiden name of his mother, and Riley being Ben Riley's last name. For some reason, that's he just doesn't want to tell people his real name. It, it, he's just like, I'm just going to be both my parents' last name. Yeah. So Riley maybe goes to... Maybe it's the demon in him. I don't... L- listen, who knows? It's not like books. <laughs> so True. Riley actually goes to law school and becomes an intern at Matt at Murdoch's old firm. Whether you know, whether that was really his decision or under Matt's influence, it's, doesn't, it's unclear. Also, I'm sorry, you can't convince me otherwise that Riley didn't go through all this technically again... He went to law school and already remembered everything Matt did when he was in law school. This motherfucker cheated to get his law degree. Yeah, for real. The bar has never dealt with a problem such as this. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, no, if he did not get a perfect score, I'm going to be upset. But he probably didn't get a perfect score on purpose. Yeah, it's true. He, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, he was probably so smart to do that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, because if he went in with a perfect score, somebody might go, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. So he actually worked with Spider Girl, aka Mayday Parker, so on several occasions battling the Crazy Eight. He also fought Kingpin, Goblin Queen, and Venom with Norman Osborn as as his host. Uh, he did that all on his own. You know? Yeah. So first off, fighting Venom, Venom mixed with Green Goblin is terrifying. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't is it Normie Osborn or is it Norman Osborn? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Normie. So it's okay. his grandson. I mean, still, you, you can inherit crazy. So that merits like explaining. But at the same right. time, I'm, you, know, I mean, you didn't get full crazy. Right. Norman was Green Goblin. Harry presumably could have been Green Goblin, mm-hmm. but a little less crazy. Normie, less crazy, but bonding with Venom hikes that up. Like, 
Yeah. No, as, as, or as it skips for anybody. Yeah, or it skip. Well, didn't even skip Harry because Harry was born after that. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever. He was. He yeah. He'd be born crazy. He also. He was also forced to f- uh, fight against Peter Parker, Spider Man, because Loki being an asshole. Yeah, Loki being Loki. Yeah, I mean, duh. Riley also came to Spider Spider Girl's aid uh, when they were fighting against the Red Queen, and I believe we mentioned it in the with when we spoke about Red Queen that he's he's part of the um he's part of the he's part of the um oh my god I can't remember what it's called the team but he's part of a team that actually has Green Goblin on the team as a good guy which is funny to me is that the Revengers. It's not the Revengers. The Revengers were the bad guys. The these bad guys, guys are good yeah. guys. I think it's the um. It's something similar to that. I can't think of it's, it. It might be the Defenders or um the new. I think it was the New Warriors. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. But Dark Devil, his powers include teleportation to any place he has visited before. That's overpowered as hell. Which think about that because he has memories from Matt Murdock. So technically, he's visited a shitload of places. Yeah. Also, and I'm just gonna say this. If he wanted to teleport to hell, Xerathos has been there. Yep. So he knows where he's going. Yep. Don't know why he would go there, but he whatever. could. <laughs> and he can summon weapons in a fiery form. So he typically uses the Daredevil signature Billy Club. Thank God. But he can read that in fire. Also, and I don't, and I know we didn't mention this, but with the in that backup in the backup issues of the of the uh, Spider Island Battle Zone when Spider Girl had to deal with um, the Red Queen, Enthrala went to you know use her mind control on Dark Devil, and she needs to make eye contact with them. She looked in the Dark Devil's eyes and went, "Oh God, no!" So yeah. sort of had a little bit of penance stare back at her, but it wasn't like full penance stare. Otherwise, she would have just like been passed out and unable to comp- to speak. But even just a glimpse in his eyes is, is almost as bad as a normal penance there. I'm like, and he's just kind of like, huh, neat. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what you say, bro? <laughs> yeah. That's what you're about? Okay, cool. <laughs> so this like, yeah. I didn't think that would work. Okay, cool. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> a lot of this is, like, I feel like very much a physical embodiment of, like, the devil of Hell's Kitchen. This is very much, like... Yeah. They took that to the literal interpretation, basically. Yeah, yeah. You get the most physical description, like, uh, physical characteristic, I guess, of the devil that you would get. Oh, my God. To, you know? But it's so funny. And and on top, again, on top of that, he also has the spider powers. Yeah. So Which is insane. Like, just. He's got like, the, the strength, the speed, the agility. The, he's got the spider sense, the wall crawling. So it's a, so it's, it's a demonic it's a slightly possessed person with demon with go it's ghost rider daredevil and spider-man thrown into one person like what the heck yeah yeah this uh this character brought to you by insanely confusing and overpowered crossovers uh it's, it's nuts your boy's got spider sense in addition to daredevil's reflexes like his in agility, addition, his dexterity, his strength is just like if you're playing D and D, it's like forty at the least. It's just like there's no, yeah. He has such a short run too because once again, I think he's just one of those insanely powerful characters that if you put too much into him, he just breaks everything. You know. I mean, you know, it, it kind of makes sense of like, yeah, let's not go too much into him. It's like, okay, I get right. it, because because if you were going to tell more stories with him. It starts to get boring, and then if you try to be like, "Oh, he's gonna be defeated," how he's part demon? Yeah, exactly. You can't ever act. You can take away his mortal coil and kill the body, but Zarathos, your boy is much harder to kill. So it's yeah. it's it's a whole thing. So we're gonna go from the depths of hell to closer to sort of like a, a depths of history type character with our next one. We're gonna here. go. We're gonna go from New York City to ye oldie times. Ye olden times, you know. Ye oldie days London. Of- Days of yore, as they say. Um, <laughs> and then, so we're, of course, talking about the bard, Matthew Murdoch from Earth 311. Um, this comes from the 1602. Yeah, there you go, Chris. I was, I was worried you weren't going to say that. No, well, no, I'm going to say it. I got it. I got it. Um, but yeah, this comes from the 1602 um, Marvel run, which is, of course, all of the characters sort of thrown back in medieval times. Um, which is where we get King James as Wolverine, which is a very funny character that we talk about him like one of our first episodes together, which is Wolverine um, and sort of like him as a King character. But you get a bunch of really interesting characters in this. And so in this earth, in this timeline, 
in this universe, however you want to say it, all are valid in some way. Um, he's a secret adventurer. Um, and as a boy, he was blinded. This is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of a, I'll be honest, kind of a dumb origin story. But it, it makes sense for like a dumb medieval boy to like do something like this. So wanting to be an adventurer, he's exploring a cave at one point in his childhood. And he licks a mysterious green substance off of a cave wall and blinds himself. Aye. And <laughs> yeah, it's there you go. That, that noise that Zach made. Yeah, that 100 percent. Oy vey. Yeah. So from there, he ends up traveling as a poet and a beggar um, and makes sure to make himself outwardly appear to be helpless. But he ends up being hired by Cerniculus Fury to be the protector of the keeper of Thor's staff. And after meeting Natasha, aka known as Black Widow, she ends up betraying him and attempts to kill him by throwing him off a bridge. But he survives and arrives just in time to save the keeper of the staff, which is what Natasha was after. However... They're both captured by Doom's forces, who is also in this universe. But the Keeper of the Staff gives Doom a golden bauble and says that that's what he seeks in order to distract him. And somehow it works, even with Doom's crazy intelligence. I guess the, the intelligence doesn't carry older I into, think into we've the spoken days about of him. that we say. Yeah, I think we've spoken about him before. This is Octavius Von Doom, so this is an amalgam of Doc Ock and Victor Von Doom. So... And at that point, when it's like, how the heck would Doom be so stupid to let that happen? It's technically not Victor, so I would try. I I personally would be like, okay, you could try really Victor. Yeah, yeah. Um, they end up being imprisoned in Doom's castle, and also imprisoned in Doom's castle is Captain Fantastic, who ends up sort of causing enough of a ruckus for the most of Doom's forces to Captain try and stop Fantastic. him. Yeah, fantastic. S like S T I C K is real interesting. But oh, he ends up sort of like attacking the castle from the inside, um, which subsequently sort of like very luckily frees Matt and the keeper of the staff named Denal. Um, and Matt carries the keeper down to the courtyard where they're cornered by Doom's men. And then Denal uses the staff to turn himself into Thor to get them out of there. So it's it's quite a penultimate fight there. And he then uses his powers as Thor to stop Doom's men. Um, nearly kills Doom in the process, and then he joys, joins the Fantastic Four, or the version of that from the 1602, to fix the tear in their universe while Matt Murdock leaves separately. Um, he's only seen one more time threatening none other than King James um, in, with an assassination attempt. Well, not an attempt, just sort of more of a threat, as I said before, um, that he will slit King James's throat if he attempts to come after Sir Nicholas Fury, because he forms sort of a bond with him, with him recruiting Matt and all. Um, and that's kind of where that ends. It's a very quick um, little run. You don't see him too much, but honestly, just like the art design of 1602 is worth it alone. Um, and, you know, just the fact that we get an old timey daredevil, I think is very, very cool. I love characters like that in sort of like medieval times and, such of that nature you know there's a part of me that very much wants to end this episode and just like go make a bard matthew murdoch for D D and see how that works out um you know knowing that that would never actually work but that's sort of how that ends there um so that is sort of an old old well not old as far as the comics were made but older as far as the time period version of matt and then for this next guy we're gonna jump way forward into a possible future um, that's like actually pretty dark. Yeah. So I don't think well, it's not really a. I don't think it's a possible future. It's a. Um, it, now it's an alternate timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, possible future where. Well, I don't want to say anything. But yeah. So this is from Keeper Murdoch from Earth two ninety five. So this is in the age of apocalypse universe so this was and at this point it's again it's not there's no spoiler we're not going to say all spoilers unless it's new this one is is again it's a 90s thing it's not if you haven't read it or heard about it i don't know what to tell you so this is a universe where professor xavier was killed before he really formed the x-men which for some reason makes apocalypse rise sooner rather than he rather than later when he would have awoken and instead he wakes sooner because he probably realizes, Oh my, the one, one of my threats are gone. Cool. I can just take over the universe. So which he does takes over the world. 
So Apocalypse wins, and Matt Murdock here is a, was a child when Apocalypse took over America, or working in what was once called Manhattan. He pushed a fellow worker out of the way while they were transporting dangerous chemicals. Unlike in on six one six, he did not act immediately on with these powers since he was a worker. He instead signed up for Mikhail Rasputin's upstart program. It was one of the first to have cybernetic implants grafted onto his body. If you don't know who Mikhail Rasputin is, it's Colossus's brother. Yeah. He does not have a cool super. He does not have a cool uh, name. He's boring like that. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. He sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of us is gonna say it. Yeah. I mean, because again, you don't even. He, yeah, he's a mutant. He's really not that memorable. He appears yeah. every now and again. So. Yeah. One such implant was a visor that allowed him to see an infrared light, and he believed that his other enhanced senses were a result of the visor and became fiercely loyal to Rasputin. Okay, so apparently in this universe, he's not that smart either. No. No, Which yeah. It, it seems like the chemicals burned a little bit more than just his eyes. Um, well, then, and, and he also yeah, apparently the, wasn't a lawyer. Yeah, true. Uh, the upstart program, I think it's worth mentioning, is what like puts cybernetic implants onto people's bodies. So that's like where the visor comes from. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. I did, I but that also the, makes sense. Okay. Of, worth no. Of, yeah, but that also makes sense for him because it's like, oh, well, my eyes now don't work. Uh, I should go get, you know, implants. Okay. Could have waited another week or two and then boom, you would have superpowers, but sure. True. So he worked with Rasputin in Europe to convince the rest of the population to join the upstart program under the guise of saving humanity where Rasputin really intended to turn them into slaves. Duh. I'm sorry, but if Apocalypse is in charge, humanity, you mean nothing to him. Yeah. You're either going to become a mutate or you're going to be a slave. You're straight up cheap. Yep. So Matt was left to care for a mutant called Empath who controlled other people's emotions. And if you're like, oh, well, he would control other people's emotions. How, how bad, how, you know, how useful is that? Pretty freaking useful considering the fact he was part of what it what is basically during uh, the current wave of X-Men stuff with, with uh, Hickman. He was basically part of, Bar of Mr. Sinister's basically the suicide squad because yep. it's like well you are basically you have two choices work for sinister or be in prison forever because he can just again he can control your emotions he can make you do whatever he wants not great choices nope he did not make great choices with those uh so you know and and after that his powers were wired into rasputin ship and riots broke out and empath uh, empath made people feel the like the pain of of all of that, right? And the rest of the population, you know, just felt we just all got pissed off. They all want they all rioted because empath is like, no, you're gonna riot. It's just uh, that easy. Yep, for him it's really just easy. And then <laughs> Matt, yeah, and then Matt Murdock uh, killed him. Mm. I mean, how what else are you gonna do with that? Yeah, it, it, Matt, it, was a, it was a mercy killing, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, for, fortunately, unfortunately, it, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, but you also have to think about it. Matt Murdock does his best not to kill. Yeah. Uh, so Matt actually renounced Rasputin, and after he ripped off the visor due to his anguish, he realized he had superpowers the whole time, and realizing how many years Rasputin had manipulated him. And then he worked for Apocalypse's replacement weapon, Omega, which, again, not a spoiler at this point, is Wolverine. Yeah. And he's now a bounty hunter in that universe. Yep. Kind of. I, I don't know what, really what kind of bounty hunter he is. He probably is just like, I'm going to go take these guys down. It's like, well, you need to kill him. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's mentioned that he, while he does sort of like pick up that mantle, he... It is rather unsuccessful in carrying out the bounties, you know, just yeah. because of his his code that he sort of develops after he renounces Rasputin and sort of turns into the daredevil that we all know and love. But yes, which, thank goodness. You know, the 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 non-lethal rule is very important for Matt. Um, but 
if he were to be combined with a world-class assassin, say, that sort of blurs the lines a little bit. And that brings us to our next character, which is Slade Murdoch, also known as Dare the Terminator from Earth 9602. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this character, real odd. Real I can only sort think, of like... So, yeah, this is... This is one of those amalgams, isn't it? Yes, it is an amalgam. So um, if I can, you can only think of one worse. Yeah, I can only think of one worse amalgam of Daredevil that Marvel did recently. Oh really? Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Devil Fist. That's the one I'm talking from, about. Yeah, the, Devil Fist. Yep. From the Warp World. Cool name, but yeah, not yeah. not very well written. <laughs> um, nope. But this is an amalgam of Deathstroke and Daredevil. Um, who was trained by her father for combat from an early age and lost her sight when she had horns surgically implanted in her head forcibly, and the radioactivity blinded her. So this is a combination of Deathstroke from the DC Universe and Daredevil from the Marvel Universe. Um, If you're not familiar with Deathstroke, I think we've been meaning to do a little bit of an episode on him to see if we can find anything kind of cool about it. But there you go. Maybe this is a nice little introduction to the character. Deathstroke is a world-class assassin who frequently fights with Batman, if not is sort of allied with him, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, Very adept in gadgets, hand-to-hand combat, tactical analysis, you know, the whole whole spiel of the DC sort of Batman-esque bad guy sort of zone. She's employed to kill another assassin after being blinded, known as Cat's Eye, by Tombstone the Ravager, but ends up forming a friendship since they both discovered they were contracted to kill one another, and instead they go back and they kill Tombstone. They kill the client. So they very much like pull a Mr. Right, and they sort of bond over killing this guy who sent them to kill one another. They just sort of like – it's, it's weird how they – I mean, it's a nice friendship, but it's weird because they're both sort of like playing cat and mouse and then they finally confront one another and they're like, holy crap, it's you. And it's just sort of like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at one another and they're like, do you want to like get out of here? And they're like, yeah, let's go kill Tombstone. And there you go. And that's that's all she wrote very much. And so then we sort of skip ahead to the corrupt mayor of New Gotham known as Big Question. He tries once and for all. Yeah you know where that's going, to get rid of Dare and Cat's Eye by inviting them to his tower in order to kill them and prove his reputation to Gotham's people. So once again, big question. Another sort of amalgam. We have the question and, um, oh, the name escapes me. Help me out, Zach. Um, I'm uh, losing it. De- 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 uh, Deathstroke and Daredevil, right? No, no, big question. He's an amalgam of the question. Oh, and- I'm sorry. He's a big question of uh, the Kingpin and... Kingpin. Uh, Kingpin in question. Thank you. He- no, not question. Kingpin and the nope. Riddler, I'm pretty sure. Is it Kingpin and Riddler? Oh, man. Yes. I assumed it was question. There weren't any. I couldn't find any photos of him from what I was doing, but that makes sense. Honestly, big question. Yeah, Ed- yeah. Edward Fisk. Edward Fisk. Oh, my. It's, no. It's, what an annoying this... bad guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a fucking annoying bad guy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That also, is... I'm pretty sure that um, uh, Dare the Terminator is also the mother of Jerica and Terra X. Yes. That and is I can't fi- I can't find anything on Jerica, but Terra X is just Terra from Teen Titans mixed with um Terra X from Marvel. And I'm like, yeah. you didn't even try. Yeah, once again, when we're talking about combinations and amalgams, we're gonna we're gonna hit a couple here that are that are not so great. But big question. Trying to take out Cat's Eye and Dare. He invites them to the tower in order to kill them. You know, prove himself, all that good stuff, because, you know, that's very much what Riddler tries to do. Um, And when they arrive, they very much just run a gauntlet. They're literally fighting their way up the tower. They face mercenaries, uh, an assassin named Deadeye, an explosive ambush that involved another assassin named Lethal. They fight Arkham mental patients on one of the floors. Um, They fight another assassin named Wired until they finally get to facing off against Big Question. I can't with these... Yeah, no, the names are just, <laughs> once again, like I said, it's a very weird arc. We get a lot of weird combinations of characters that you're just like, did this really need to happen? And then you're like, I could see how they kind of thought about this. But that being said, it involves Daredevil, so we're going to talk about it. And also because we love all things comics, no matter how ridiculous they are, right? But when they sort of realize, when Cat's Eye and Dare realize that um, this was the plan all along, 
Dare sort of loses it and charges at Big Question and right into a trap as a metal door slides down and separates Dare and Cat's Eye, leaving Dare to fight um, Big Question alone. Um, it's a pretty hefty battle. Dare very much holds her own, um, but eventually Big Question does disarm her. And it's also sort of worth noting that at this point, weirdly enough, this is one of the things for the character that I was like, doesn't really make sense, but okay. The character as it is, the arc sort of like concludes here. Um, when Dare is disarmed, she's not really much of a fighter, um, which I think for me, I'm just like, eh, like, okay. You're making an amalgam, so therefore the character has to have like its own thing. It needs to have its own weaknesses. But at the same time, you're talking about two very adept, uh, two very masterful hand-to-hand -hand fighters. So even without weapons, I feel like she should have been able to, you know, come at him with a little bit. But she proves to be no match for Big Question. And he disarms her, grabs her by the horns, and reveals at this point that the horns were implanted by him in the first place. And then he rips them off of her head very brutally. And Cat's Eye does sort of break down the door, but Big Question sort of escapes, and Cat's Eye learns of Dare's fate. And it's hinted at that Dare could be resurrected, um, but we never see it happen in an issue. So it's still kind of ambiguous. We don't know if we're ever going to see Dare the Terminator again. If we do, she's going to have two giant holes in her head, probably. Um, but it, it's a pretty brutal, pretty brutal um, death for this Daredevil am amalgam, which honestly... I don't really think this uh, episode would have been complete without the death of at least one of Daredevil's sort of alternate identities, just because that's very much, I feel like, in line for his character. Once again, I have my own issues with the character, but it's a very kind of cool amalgam, and it very much far reaches into that weird sort of pocket or sleeve of the Marvel and the DC universes that you get when you take characters and you put them together. So it, it, it's really interesting. You know, she's got the senses and everything. She's got the adept with weapons all that good stuff but you know in the end it doesn't really help her out so much and so it's 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 not specific to one version of daredevil's powers but i feel like it is a little bit more what's the word i, I guess just like a little bit more independent than other daredevil characters that's kind of the best word that i can think of it um in the sense that, once again, she loses her weapon. She doesn't really become much of a threat. Which, to me. Yeah, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But we're going to talk about it, like I said. And <laughs> it sort of begs the question, what if all of Daredevil's um, sort of sense powers were sort of funneled into maybe just one of his senses? <sighs> yeah. Yep. yep, and let's bring us to our final character here, which is yeah. just... We this do our best... Yeah, we, we do our best to bring you guys ridiculous characters if we can find them. This one's very funny. This one's this very This one is pretty funny. hilarious, it's, to it's be honest. It's very sad, but it's also very funny. <laughs> yep. So this is Fair Devil. I don't know why that's his name, but sure. From Earth 21919, otherwise known as Secret Wars Part 3. So when I, the reason I say Part 3 is because there's been two of them. This is the one with... Uh, God King Doom, where he merged the multiverse into a, an amalgam of a of a planet. So it literally went, we went from a multiverse to a single planet. Why not? Uh, yeah, sure. Listen, Doom Doom's a genius, but he can be an idiot. So so Fair Devil is the personal chef of Baron Sinister because his turn his senses were turned up to an, to eleven only with his taste. Yeah. Sure, because I guess Sinister is that much of a perfectionist that if anything is slightly wrong and and his chef says ill, then he doesn't want it. I don't know. Sinister is also a genius, but also an idiot in my opinion. A lot of these comic book geniuses are quote unquote morons in other capacities. Oh yeah, looking at you, Reed. Um, <laughs> so Fair Devil planned to kill Baron Sinister with venom from an Atlantean creature, but since Collectra, aka Electra, yeah. from is Barrett's right hand girl. He added small doses of the venom into her meals every day in order for her to build up an immunity for when he served it. I guess because even in this universe he still likes Electra. Mm. She was like, if I give her small doses, she'll build up an immunity for when I have the big big one to kill Sinister. Yeah. When the day came, however, Collectra died eating her food, and Baron Sinister revealed he had been cloning her every single day in order to convince Matt that his plan was working. And so that's it, such a fucking roundabout way. 
Oh my <laughs> god. It's just like, oh, it's absurd. It's absurd. The fact that Daredevil gets turned into a personal chef. I'm just like, look how far you have come, my friend. Yeah. And it's just, wow. Yeah, oh my god. I can't. Literally, literally <laughs> comic books are weird. And then I did, now I did want to take a little step back to Dare the Terminator. Did you explain that Cat's Eye is Electra mixed with Catwoman? I don't think I did, but that's definitely worth note. Yeah. And then Wired is the uh, is is Cable mixed with Manhunter from DC. Now it said now really it says Cable. I'm pretty sure it's his it's Cable's clone. Um, yeah. Strife really. That's my opinion. Again, we might, we're not talking about Cable here because he has there's three different versions of him and we're not getting into it. But like we went from a, a cool ish amalgam to a fucking chef. Yeah, it changes. It changes real quick. We, we took a, a bit of a hard left turn there. Yeah. I mean, listen, also, I let Chris do this one. I'm I'll be honest. He picked some really good ones. I'm also just surprised that you didn't pick 2099 or uh, Earth X Daredevils for this. Yeah, I mean, my thing was, it's like, those guys are cool. They have good arcs, but I kind of want to leave those for the listeners to read because those are, it's a lot of the same. You know, I really wanted to see if I could find some Daredevils that were kind of like out of the box. And so I think that's, that's what I ended up going with this lineup. And that's what I try to bring. We try to bring you guys, you know, we try to find the most interesting and unique characters because there's, you know, when it comes to comic book characters, there is a lot of the same. There is a lot of reboots. There is a lot of mantles being passed, right? And if there's nothing crazy new or notable or, like, hugely, like, event-worthy within that, I feel like we just kind of, like, leave them out. Um, but, yeah, definitely check out Earth-X. Definitely check out 2099 Daredevil. Check out Earth-X and then just read all of that, all of those. Because oh, I think yeah. it's what? It's Earth-X, Universe-X, Paradise-X. Read those. Yeah, That's some good stuff. Go. Hit all the hit all the X's. Check all the boxes. You know? There you go. So, read them recommendations. We're, we're going to start from the last guy we spoke of to the first. We're not going to give you... I don't think we, we should really give recommendations for Daredevil books because it's literally just going to come down to read a mainline Daredevil book. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly... I would say we're all over read the, place. the current run if yeah. you can because, I, I, I mean, the mantle changes. That's all I'm going to say. It's a nice mantle change, though. It's a nice mantle change, and it's, hopefully it, it actually goes somewhere and doesn't, and they don't just revert back to who they were. So, right. Fair Devil, Secret Wars Journal, Volume 1, Issue 2. <laughs> you want to go read about Daredevil being a chef? <laughs> Dare the Terminator, primarily, because, like, Dare the Terminator has ma- made appearances in, like, the, some of the, in the Marvel vs. DC stuff, but you want to read about, like, Dare's story with Cat's Eye and stuff? Assassins Volume 1, Issue 1, primarily, but if there's more than just Issue 1, please read those. Keeper Murdoch, X-Universe, which is a prelude to Age of Apocalypse. So X-Universe Volume 1, Issues 1 and 2. Age of Apocalypse Volume 1, Issues 1, 3, 9, and 11. The Bard, um, which I'm just convinced he, you know, somebody just wanted to put D&D classes in. Earth and six and sixteen oh two. I'm convinced because you, you got the bard, you got the soul, you got the fighter, you got a barbarian. Like, yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel sixteen oh two volume one, just like all of it. Yeah. And in in humans, Adelaide Rising volume one issues one through five. Riley Tyne, aka Dark Devil, Spider Girl volume one, Amazing Spider Girl volume one. Spectacular Spider-Girl Volume 1, Dark Devil Volume 1, Issues 1 through 3, Last Hero Standing Volume 1, Issues 1 through 5, and Spider-Island Volume 1, Issues 4 and 5. That Spider-Island, again, that's if it says Spider-Island and then one of the corners it says Warzone, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And then Kingpin, Matt Murdock, Spider-Gwen Volume 1 and 2, and uh, Edge of spider the Edge of the Edge of the Spider-Verse, Volume 1, Issue 2. I, he's primarily in the Spider-Gwen stuff and a little bit in the Ghost Spider when she, she has a rebranding. So, you know, there really wasn't any specific issue because he is an overarching antagonist for her. Right. Yeah, I mean, a great antagonist at that. Yeah. So. And then 
616 Daredevil, read the current run. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, like, you were reading Man Without Fear. Man Without Fear is great. Man Without Fear is a really nice origin story if you're looking to get introduced to the character of Daredevil. Yeah, and even if you see him running around in the yellow and red outfit, that's also fine. Like, yeah, how the hell are you going to stay hidden? Listen, first off, he made his outfit out of his dad's boxing outfit. So, And also can't see colors. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> it's like, sentimental. I, yeah, I think when he made when he got the red outfit, he was he had to just trust the designer that he that is fucking red. Yeah, yeah, gotta love it. So I think that is gonna do it for Matt Murdock, aka Daredevil, aka the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. So make sure to join us next time when we switch it up and talk about some different characters that can see and don't just wear sunglasses <laughs> to look cool. <laughs>